we're live. Back at it. Episode 28, Success Podcast. Uh, I go by the name of Jude, a.k.a. JK, a.k.a. J-Swish, a.k.a. The Praise, a.k.a. I flick him up, flick it up, a.k.a. Jude and Laden, a.k.a. The Habitual Line Stepper, a.k.a. Young Al Kiji, a.k.a. The Number One Random Ingram Stand, a.k.a. Club Rona Veteran, a.k.a. Top Tier Load Manager, a.k.a. Judica, a.k.a. Wildcats. <laughs> aka i don't do the jewel but i act a fool with a mouse tool aka i'm not from here i just get it done here well, was there any new ones this time nah nah i didn't, I didn't add anything oh, man. hey you were on a streak adding a new one every single episode for a- <laughs> <laughs> hold on let me pull my ak's up um it's good y'all it's rin aka mr beater dooney's down aka diet drake you feel me aka um Shit, what's the next one? AKA Regiment, I get the Franklin. AKA Professional Demon Fighter. You know we get, you know how we get it done here, man. Uh. <laughs> All right, y'all, what's good? It's Seku, AKA the Firstborn, AKA Frozone, AKA Merch, AKA New Chris Bosch, AKA New Ray Kage, AKA Seku, and you know I always stay cool. Oh man, we got a we got a special guest in the building. Uh, you want to introduce you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to follow up with three ice cold killers like that, but <laughs> I guess I'm uh, Mikey, aka Diet Nav, aka Woo! Broke is a joke, aka <laughs> out here surviving and thriving. Yeah, aka that's about it. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> Off the dome. Just, that's, that's about the it dome. right now. Off the yeah, dome. They, they surviving off that unemployment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know. Oh, the. Yeah. You know, before we get into topics, we usually like talk about like our personal stories, kind of catch up on like what we've been doing personally. So if you want to talk about like what you've been doing lately, what you've been up to. Yeah, man. Well, uh, it's definitely been tough graduating straight into a pandemic and uh, like this job market is fucking atrocious. This shit is real, this is not smooth. But um, I just been doing like little community grassroots work. Like I did a, I did a um, resource drive for the students in my area. We were able to give out 130 backpacks, which was uh, hella smooth. And I've also been like working on a resolution to get racism passed as a public health crisis in my school district that I went to high school in, which has been, that's been like some solid work. But um, other than that, just waiting for this 2K21 to drop, cause you know, I'm cold with the sticks. And once that shit drops, and oh, and watching them Lakers on their way to another chip, cause you know, that's gonna happen. I know the Warriors and Clippers fans are all in collusion with each other, but them niggas ain't nothing. We ain't even worried about them. Yes, sir. Okay. We'll talk about the Lakers in a minute, but uh, let me catch all up what I've been doing. Uh, recently, you know, I slipped up. Uh, niggas caught me slipping. I was uh, a couple friends came by my house and said, hey, "Let's go for a joyride real quick." I said, "Cool." One thing led to another. I'm seeing homegirl. She didn't have a mask on, but I didn't think anything of it. And then this was this happened last week, last last two week, no, two weeks ago. And then the next week, so now this is last week. She hits me up like, oh, I actually had COVID. And I didn't know, I didn't know at the time. I know at the time. So I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> so like, and this, she, I got this text as I'm walking, because you know, I'll be walking. I'm walking around and I got this as I'm walking. So I'm like, 
I'm just like devastated. I'm devastated, right? So I, I walk back home and I'm sitting in my bed, like trying to feel something. Like, is there like a something going on right now? Like, am I good? And you know, and so that I get tested on Tuesday and it comes back negative. I, I got the test on Thursday, it came back negative. So I was like, oh. but I was like, maybe I, I it, it let me know. It, it reminded me that no one's safe. That's really the lesson I got from this. Like, yeah, no one's safe, man. Like, just because you know your friends doesn't mean that, you know, doesn't mean you're safe. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned from that experience. Hey, man, one thing about Jude is he's always going to be walking. <laughs> Pandemic <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>. or not, <laughs> dude loves going on walks. Like this is one thing I've learned over the last couple of months. Dude is always taking a walk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Um, for me, what's been going on? Um, so I, I'm doing research, or hopefully, I'm doing research. Um, for my honors thesis for poli sci. So I just reached out to some professors and luckily I actually got two professors to approve me. So one of them is a, um, a sociologist. One of them is a political scientist. You know, it's been going great for real. Like um, they're really cool people. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think I already talked about my research in the last episode and my little mm-hmm. intro. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's really coming through. Um, and yeah, I'm excited about that. But other than that, uh, Oh, Madden 21 dropped for uh, for everybody who pre-ordered it. Um, so I got this little thing called Origin Access Premiere. So I, I pay I pay a hundred dollars a year. And I get every game like two weeks free, and I get like the deluxe version, which is like self oh. normally. So I got Madden. I'm grinding my shit out. So I played yesterday for like damn near like eight hours, bro. Like, I was no life in this. So you know, uh, but I'm really waiting for that 2K, like Mikey said. Because, you know, 2K is my shit, but, you know, Madden's Matt, going to hold me over until then. <laughs> Feel that. What about you, Sekou? Uh For me, it's uh, been a slow week, except for uh, the NBA restart and Champions League. Uh, I've been uh, watching like the last, like, 10 years, and I still have Jersey, but uh, there's a rival right now. Bro. Like, I, I like Barcelona, so I saw that, and I was like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Let, 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 him say, let, him, let him say his piece. <laughs> But um, last week, Barcelona took the L, all right? Uh, they lost 8-2. I don't know if y'all saw that in my story, but 8-2 is demolishing. It's demoralizing. It's, they, they, they fired the coach. Oh, they did? They fired the coach. He's gone. Hey, you think Messi's leaving? He wants to leave. He yeah. wants to leave, so. We've done tons of times with Messi. Like, this isn't the first time we're hearing this with Messi, of, like, rumors of, like, exactly. him leaving. Mm. Bro has won so many trophies, but is a sore loser, bro. Like, that's the only thing I don't like about him. Like, that's a loser for sure, bro. Like, Ronaldo would take the L. Yeah. You saw the Copa America. Like, he – I think that really hurt him a lot when he lost twice to Chile, bro. Like, that yeah. that broke his spirit. Like, he's he's decorated as fuck, but once that shit happened to him, I knew, like, he's, he's just a different man now. He's hurting. Especially <laughs> his World Cup struggles. Like, he, he couldn't win in 2014. I was like, this – this might be it for that him. That team was stacked, though. I can't even cap, bro. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised they went to extra time in that one. I'm not even going to lie. But his teammate blew the open goal. I ain't forget, so. <laughs> and they can't pay too much to miss those shots. They do, bro. But I, it was probably pressure. It was probably pressure. Because that's the world stage right there. Uh, 
but yeah, enough about me. Go ahead, Mike. All right. Oh no, Mike already did his, bro. <laughs> Let me go do some more work. I'm like, damn. Psych. Let me go get into some more shit, bro. Because I guess I was. Uh, hey, forget that. Forget that. Mikey. Uh, so I, I saw your tweet about like starting up a Patreon and like potentially starting up a podcast. I know you're putting a pause on it, but you know, what's all that about? Yeah, um, I was I was thinking about starting a podcast and a Patreon, just like centering Black history that we we hadn't really learned, like even in the academy, bro. Because the most wild shit ever was that I went through all like five years of undergrad and didn't learn about Asata Shakur until after I graduated, or like I didn't really learn about like Fred Hampton and shit until after I graduated. So it's just like if a nigga like me who's in school who's paying for this education isn't learning shit that's relevant to him, like imagine like that the people who don't have access to education and stuff like that like I'm, I'm just trying to put people on to like the history that really matters but i'm just gonna take a break on that right now really get recentered, treat mm-hmm. myself after the graduation because i feel like i've been kind of on go mode since i've been graduated so yeah, yeah. definitely that's what's up man that's um it's really that's like a really rewarding thing that you're doing right there you know can help out a lot of people but for sure uh respect your choice to take a break because you know i have seen like you've been doing a lot of your shit uh after graduating and you know props to you for that yeah but yeah it's time to chill man it's time to really just uh nigga i graduated from one of the whitest places in the world it's time to recenter and just get get back on so yeah yeah i think it's important what you're doing because like you're getting you know academia basically accessible to people that don't get to be in those spaces so i really hope you go if you fall through with that bro like that's i'll definitely support appreciate it Hell yeah. Um, so let's get into these topics, man. We got uh the big one, man, Biden and Kamala being a ticket for 2020. So here it is, man. What are your takes? What are your opinions? Any comments? Cop Mala, not Kamala, Cop Mala. Cop Mala. That's the incarceration ticket right there. Uh-huh. Honestly, I'll go first, man. Like, I was looking at this ticket, like, even, like, from an electorally standpoint, like, electoral standpoint, just looking at trying to get votes out, it doesn't make sense that Biden would pick Kamala. Like, I knew he was the, like, she was the best one out of the group, but it's like, but Biden's, but Kamala's from California. Like, you're going to win Cali regardless. Like, I don't see how that's going to, get you more votes you know what i mean like yeah identity is great we want to you know we want people in these spaces representation is important but it's like but yeah kama is representing california and you're not going to get more people if you're going to get person a person from california you know what i mean so even from a tourist standpoint not even from like a politics standpoint just electorally like it doesn't even help you bro <laughs> like and we can get deeper into politics and stuff Hmm? Uh, see, I, I get what you're saying about like, uh, we, we like to see representation, right? Yeah. Uh, and obviously Kamala isn't the best representation. Right. But for me, bro, as a, as a um, I don't call myself an Indian American, uh, Punjabi American, technically mm-hmm. from India. I hate my rep- representation, bro. Honestly, for myself, I'm like, the less y'all represent Indians, the better for me. Because all of my representation is terrible, bro. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I think I saw your tweet. 
Yeah, yeah, bro. That, um, who's that one dude from like the the net neutrality shit? The motherfucker that was trying to end net I neutrality. Pie. Making- I G Pie. As it pie, yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? What kind of bullshit is that? You gonna make people pay for internet? Like different websites? It's just stupid to me, bro. Like Kamala's God, bro. Like it's awful. Like every single bit of representation we have in politics or whatever it is just shows our privilege, you know? It just shows like people feeding into the model minority myth, people that like look for like white approval and shit, which is honestly what I feel like Kamala is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of her policies so yeah that's my take on it i just hate my own representation now i'm just like fuck representation throw that out the window all i want is politics yeah i think i think kamala's like what you were to what you were saying jude is that like i don't think it was to get more like leftist votes bro i think kamala was a big move to try to get those sway voters which is why like i don't think biden the kamala ticket is kind of like for like that's why i'm personally not going to vote because I'm not finna vote for an imperialist who mm. created the created the drones alongside Obama to blow the fuck out the Middle East, which is not smooth. And I'm not I'm also gonna not vote for a, a cop who denied trans women um the right to like go into women's prisons, which is just like basically killing them off. And I just think that like her them picking a cop, like Biden picking a cop as his VP just shows that like that Democrats and Republicans at the end of the day are still both blue lives matter. And that, like, Biden's kind of trying to convince all the people on the right that, like, look, like, I still support the police. Mm. I'm still finna be, like, out here supporting the sheriffs and shit like that. So it, it was more for them. It, it wasn't even representation for us. It was to get the people on the right to come back to the center, which is, I don't fucking support. That's just weak. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. Like, I, I, I thought of it as just, like, cop solidarity type shit. But I didn't think of it as, like, leftists trying to show that they still care about blue lives. But that's, mm. that's, a, that's a good mm. point for real. But terrible, bro. Terrible decision. Yeah. yeah. I was against body cameras, but yo, go ahead, Satan. Um, <laughs> I'm personally not a fan of Biden. He should not have got the nomination since the beginning, and we've seen time and time again that Trump is not going to be the answer. And Biden is going to appear to appeal to the moderates and the left, and they're not going to identify with him anyway because we want Sanders. And then for him to have offered the crime deal, the crime bill, and then select Kamala as his running mate. Uh, now you look for him and it just shows him going back on his word. And mm-hmm. it's just pretty much class solidarity because I was watching a bunch of uh, speeches from the convention last night mm-hmm. and people came out of everywhere. Like Hillary Clinton came out of hiding, came out to support him. Tulsi Gabbard, uh, not Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Gabby Gifford, excuse me. Uh, she came out to support Biden. Um, and it just shows that they're going to be only out for themselves. You know, and he had Obama coming up and talking about um, uh, life, learning, pursuit of happiness in front of like the Constitution. So, like, really, like, oh man, big symbolic. I'm like, bro, what? And let me tell you, my mom was eating it up. I was like, oh, I can't watch this. But, like, oh man, it's our generation. And uh, people listening, but it's, I don't have hope for the future right now. The man Biden chose Kamala as we just had police brutality protests, which are still going on, by the way. It's yes. still going on to this day. And you choose Kamala, who is the opposite of what we're protesting about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then, like you said, going on in the DNC, like, they're appealing to moderates. They're appealing to, you can even argue Republicans, conservatives, because they had a bunch of Republicans on that DNC 
convention. They had Kasich, they had Colin Powell from the Bush administration, you know, and they're just, it's getting out, it's, it's, they've been out of touch. They're getting a lot of celebrities in there doing songs. It's, it's so weird. Songs, you're doing, a, during a pandemic, you're all doing these songs and performing, like, come on, Billy Porter was doing a song. And I was just like, come on. And some shit that makes me hella mad too is that like they really dead ass went on to recess to do this DNC, mm-hmm. do the RNC in the middle of a time when niggas is hungry, bro. Like y'all, y'all are telling exactly. niggas to be excited about a vote, a vote, pack your lunch to go to the polling places. Like who's gonna want to vote when you don't even got money to eat, my nigga? Like that shit is dead. Bro, you go ahead, you go ahead. Um. Oh, I, I just had one comment. It was kind of off topic, but um, I don't know why the DNC hasn't completely like dissociated themselves from Bill Clinton of all people, bro. <laughs> like people always criticize the '94 crime bill on the on the debate stage, but here he is at the DNC giving a whole speech in support of Biden. Like, bro, the main reason why people hate Biden is the '94 crime bill, <laughs> and then you're all gonna have him up there. Like, number one. Why support Bill Clinton? But number two, if you were supporting Bill Clinton, like it just doesn't make sense. Like that's Biden's number one weak point electorally, because you know people say that Biden appeals to black voters, which statistically is true. But the number one thing that takes that stops black people from voting for him is the '94 crime bill. So I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, anything? Damn, I don't even watch the DNC. I'm not gonna lie. I just caught a few speeches because you know I was watching the playoffs. You know, trying to save myself from the sanity. I was getting my brain racked by Frank Vogel's lines, but we're gonna talk about that later <laughs> on. But, um, but I mean, I was watching the DNC on Twitter just a couple speeches, and I was seeing that Michelle Obama was saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go vote, and then we're gonna have, and if it means going out there for breakfast, lunch, we're gonna pitch tents." And I was like, "Bro, what?" This is what democracy has come to. We got in a pandemic. Nah, bro, get out. Nah, <laughs> nah I ain't doing that. <laughs> oh man, and there was so many things like on Twitter. Like I seen Elizabeth Warren with the BLM thing in the background, the alphabet alphabet soup, <laughs> and people really actually applauded her for that. Oh like, my god, that's so low. Bare minimum. That's bare minimum right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bar below sea, the bar's below sea level right now, man. Niggas are just getting applauded for doing literally below the bare minimum. <laughs> like you go and you're gonna do it in kindergarten little school letters, like at least if you go if you go do it, <laughs> like shout, why are you whispering for it? Like damn. <laughs> and then what was another there's so many things I've seen like I heard now. I don't know if you remember Elizabeth Warren was in that Native American scandal where she kept claiming she's Native American, and then it came back and she wasn't actually like that Native American, you know. And then here she was on a panel for Native Americans at the DNC. Like, <laughs> did they even? That's beyond me. I was like, yo. <laughs> Another reason I think that they chose Kamala as like the VP ticket is because yeah. of Democrats. I feel like they've mastered like the whole like illusion of choice and the illusion of representation, bro. Because Kamala Harris, she went to um, she went to a HBCU and she was in a sorority. And I don't know if y'all have been paying attention on Twitter, bro, but like all the HBCU heads are hella proud and like hella happy that like Kamala got picked. 
And this was something that Malcolm X was talking about a while ago in one of his speeches when he said that, like, black people are, like, the we're the ones who decide the vote, basically, because whoever, like, basically earns the black vote, most of the time is going to win the election. But you see, as soon as this election is over, like, we put them first, like, we vote for them first, but then as soon as they're voted in, they put us last. So I think them deciding Kamala, like, she's a, she's a first black woman VP um, candidate, and she's from an HBCU. Like, obviously, they, they kind of mastered that. Like, look, we give you all something. Like, just vote for us already down. Like, what, what more do y'all want? And I think that's the main reason they chose her as well, too. Sure. Sure. Uh, we also got anything else on the ticket? Anything else DNC-wise? Mm. I don't know. Uh, I guess I want to talk about Bernie real quick. It's like, oh, yeah? okay. I, I feel like a lot of progressives also talk about like Bernie is like the be all and all and like the savior of, uh, mm -hmm. of America. And, stuff. and it's like, even Bernie isn't perfect. Like you can't put all your trust in the old white man. Like yeah. sure, he's the rest right. of rights, but come on now, you can't put all your trust in one person. And Bernie is also bound to fuck up at some point. Like, I'm sure even if he get ele got elected, he would fuck up. And we can't put all our eggs in one basket. Like, this is an institutional problem, and it can't be solved by one person. Um, yeah, that's all I want to say on Bernie. Yeah, Bernie still is, at the end of the day, a capitalist. I mean, social democracy is not socialism. It's yeah. Social democracy, to put it in layman's terms, is a heavy regulated version of capitalism. Right? Right. It's just a bunch of regulations on Wall Street and a huge, huge, huge safety net for people, which is... Pretty good, but it's not. We're getting rid of capitalism at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was disappointed in AOC getting like ninety seconds. That was a bit. I mean, I wasn't surprised, but damn, ninety seconds. Damn, like you're was really. Wasn't it just a? That's all she had. Yeah, just ninety seconds, and then all these Republicans get talking time. Like, <laughs> right. Um. But, I guess we can seep more into like now just we can discuss about voter shaming and and just people fighting reasons to vote for Biden in general because I was looking on Twitter and look I my argument is there's nothing redeemable about Biden like there's nothing to vote for mm -hmm. Biden so when I see people bring up and I've seen people bring this up I think even Ren I think you did it too and I didn't agree with it where you both got up like the whole the cabinet well if you well all right Biden's like not cool but there's also the cabinet too. But my thing is, yeah, the cabinet, like, we still have to, like, think about the cabinet. But the thing is, number one, we don't vote for who's going to be in the cabinet, right? And secondly, mm. if you look at what Obama was doing. I don't know if people know about this, but in the 08 election, a month before, people on Wall Street were sending him emails about who to put in his cabinet. So basically, that cabinet was all Wall Street backed, all that stuff. And Obama put those people in that, in that cabinet. I'm not, I'm not confident that Biden is going to do that same thing with the cabinet. It's, I feel like I'm looking at it like it's going to be corporate. So my thing is, like, you can still vote for Biden, but just know there's nothing redeemable about that guy. Like, there's nothing. That's my take. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I agree. I mean, it is definitely going to be Wall Street backed and there's definitely going to be Wall Street influences. Mm -hmm. uh, my take is mainly having to do with like, what, what's, what's your name? Uh, Shorty, that's like the education chair or whatever. Department of Education. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People like her, you know, that are just like right. money outside of public schools. Mm -hmm. Like that's 
blatant move away from like what we should be doing and it's like putting right. money which i mean democrats they're not necessarily putting stuff into resources they're just like not necessarily taking stuff out you feel mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. like the boss is just the opposite of what we need and while biden won't give us what we need in terms of that like maybe there's a chance of him not taking it away it was right. my well, thing i definitely don't think his cabinet's going to be like crazy different from what trump's cabinet is at the end of the day he is still a right-leaning individual not even right-leaning he is he is right on yeah. the right right yeah so but yeah i definitely get what you're saying you guys get any takes on like just people for like his people being marginally better but yeah um how do you all feel about like the supreme court argument um like selection yeah because i mean recently we just had brett kavanaugh appointed by uh donald trump despite his like uh rape controversy and the Me Too movement also um so i'm curious to see what biden is going to do with uh finding a replacement for uh Ruth Bader ginsburg who's like on her last legs and she's had a bunch of health scares and i feel like with her out the picture or at least someone to replace her or and to help her um we'll have uh, a stronger presence in the judicial branch uh, for the left. And um, yeah. Sam, I don't know, man. The judicial branch is just such a, like, I feel like they don't, I don't want to say impact, but it's like, I don't, don't feel it. So it's like, it's hard for me to like, well, the judicial branch is cool. I think my only thing is, is like, well, not so much Supreme Court, but more like the lower level judges, you're gonna, cause I think, you know, you can still appoint judges. Right. I feel like, I hope that, you know, Biden would actually start appointing judges like Trump was doing. Um, but Supreme Court, that's such like a, it's, cause you know, it's a federal thing. It doesn't really, you know, it's so hard to, and most of these cases you look at it, you know, they're, they're, voting, they're voting on gay marriage, they're voting on, you know, trans you know trans rights and things like that it's like damn like yeah i would i would hope that i guess what my point is that i think it's hard for people to really understand how impactful the supreme court is and i think that's why people are like eh, so what that's my that's my thing on it. see my take on that whole like um judicial branch is that like although like there's gonna be somebody on the left on the right or on the right to appoint judges yeah. these judges all took a vow to uphold the constitution, which like, I'm, I, I like to consider myself like having a radical politic, but like, if you, no matter what kind of face or like what kind of identity is on the judge, they're all working to uphold the system that was created by a room full of white men in mm-hmm. 1776. So it's like, no matter which judges we put in place, can they really change this piece of paper that those type, the the people who made the constitution's identity like made to uphold because like they did that shit for a reason they made that shit hella strong they like ratified that shit reinforced it through like it's been that's why like this empire has been going on for like bro centuries bro and like it's, it's all it all leads back to that constitution so like as somebody who's not gonna vote or who doesn't support like this two-party system or like the left or the right per se I just think that like we got to take it back to like the roots of this shit, and can that really change like that much? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, my thing on it is like people talk about like how um, how Trump like got um, Brett Kavanaugh appointed, right? 
But then Biden was also, you know, shaming Anita Hill. You know, uh, so like, I don't know. In terms of stuff like that, like Biden might fucking get a, a point and abuser for like a judge as well. Like at, at the end of the day, like that's still very likely to happen. I mean, Biden himself is likely an abuser. Like he's been accused multiple times. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that, that argument is kind of weak. But, um, and like how Jude, how you said, like, it is hard to, to really tell what the Supreme Court is doing for us. Yeah. Um, unless of course you are, you know, like if you're LGBTQ, um, right. then, then you have like a more direct yeah. feeling, like you, you more directly understand that. And I feel like that's why a lot of people that identify as such, um, do choose to vote for Biden, although they are some like people that hate Biden the most, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's really just a tricky situation because how can you morally vote for someone so corrupt and so fucked up as a human? But then you also have to worry about people who don't identify the same way as you. I don't know. You see, and, that's why the thing that worries me, though, is like, if you look at the, like, because th- these, like, politicians can say whatever they want, but if you look back at Kamala's record, her denying trans women's, uh, their, their rights as women, like, that's something you got to take. Like, people always talk about, like, Pence when he did that, like, um, like the gay conversion, he believes in gay conversion therapy, but like if Coppola like is out here really preventing trans women from being in women's prison, which I don't believe in prison anyway, like I think those need to be abolished and we need to re- like not reform, but like abolish and find something new. But like she did that. Like if you look at these people's track records, like Biden was one of the biggest supporters of the crime bill and that affected trans people just as much as like any other like identity. So. It's just, it's just tough, man. It's just, that's a tough one for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> bro. See, I, I like how you, how you brought up the, 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 the um, not allowing trans women to be in, in, in women jails, and then you see Kamala Harris on social media's like her bio has like she, her, hers, but it's like, bro, like you're just doing this for show at this point. Like you're just co-opting the less language. You're co-opting the left's usage of like pronouns, even though you didn't respect them at all. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, it is really just the Democratic Party just being masters at um, you know lying and gaslighting to their voters. Yeah, because they'll gaslight. It's crazy how they'll gaslight people who like choose not to participate in a system that's not for them. Like it's not like we're choosing not to participate and just being like letting our destiny just fall like into the hands of whoever it's like there's niggas that are outside of this system that are doing the work and like it's just shit that you don't really see you know it's like you don't really see the like black trans travel fund which is like organized by um this black trans man named eli um and you just don't see shit like that because this propaganda machine is working overtime to get you to buy into and believe this system so it's just it's just tough because a lot of people don't get to see what people who are for us are actually doing, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, tough one for sure. I think an important thing to uh, remember is that we have someone like AOC who's in the spotlight now, who's like laying the groundwork for grassroots, grassroots, uh, um, grassroots working people doing the work, hard work now to lay the path for people in the future. I hope to see more uh, grassroots workers like this in Senate next in the coming years, and if Biden is elected, that could help. But um, if Trump gets reelected, that will dramatically stunt us even further. 
and hinder progress. So while it seems like we have to settle, it's kind of disheartening because it kind of takes away our like choice, especially for a party that names itself after the democratic system. And it's really hypocritical, especially to nominate Kamala and Biden. And uh, hopefully we see these uh, champions of the future. 100%, 100%. Um, I got something more of like a discussion thing. So like, I've been, I think you guys have all seen it on Twitter. Basically, I want to talk about voter shaming and basically like the question of like, is the no vote is a vote for Trump like accurate? Does that make sense? You know what I mean? So just talk about like voter shaming and if you think that quote, no vote is a vote for Trump, is that a real thing? Is that no vote is just no vote, especially if you're in California. Like these people that are tweeting this shit are in California. Your vote pretty much doesn't matter, bro. Like real shit, your vote pretty much doesn't matter. Mm. So uh, unless you're voting for like local elections, local elections do matter. But in terms of like for the, for the president, bro, our votes are going to whoever the Democratic candidate is, whatever, whether it's like Tom Steyer, Joe Biden, fucking um, dude from New York who is running, uh, Bloomberg, mm-hmm. like our whoever the Democratic candidate is. Yeah, I agree with you, Ren, how uh, it's just like, yeah, our vote really in California doesn't matter for the presidency. But I think that if you do, like, shift your focus towards local politics, that's really where your your vote can make an impact, bro, because a lot of these, like, you can vote on propositions and you can vote on laws that really affect you directly. Because, like, I believe that no matter who's the president of the United States, they're going to do president shit. And it just makes me mad that people, the first people, people want to shame vote shame is black people bro it's like go talk mm-hmm. to your racist cousin who's out mm-hmm. here being like a diehard trump supporter go talk to your racist auntie or your racist friends why y'all gotta come for us first when you got a hell of people in your circle that you can go for bro like they're right there and they've been right there so stop coming for us for real thanks thank you guys thank you oh <laughs> Uh, excuse me. Uh, I feel like vote shame is coming like a more popular because it's like a lot easier. Um, it's almost like if you're not voting, like why aren't you like using your civic duty? Like we fought, we fought for this right to vote, but now I'm gonna waste it on Biden. Are you for real now? Like hear, hear yourself right now. Like years ago, like uh, we have like Biden like championing women, women's suffrage for white women uh suffrage barely for black people but then wasted now having to not vote as well for trump doesn't make any sense because you're just not voting you're not gonna impact anything because you're not voting and any if anything you should uh influence other people to vote uh for the party you should you support but shaming people to not voting and thinking trump's gonna win because you don't vote is kind of like ignorant Yo, I had a talk with this one, like a short talk with a friend of mine, and shout out to Angela Segler. We were just talk, talking about this exact quote, like, you know, no vote is a vote for Trump. And she was telling me, like, I didn't even think about it. Like, you can't assume that every non-voter is going to vote for a Democrat. Like, there's people out there that, you know, Republican voters feel, there's some Republican voters that are out there like, yo, like, I'm not voting. Because, like, I see Trump, or, you know, Trump has left me behind. I realize Trump is a bad guy, and I'm definitely not going to vote for Biden, so I'm not voting. You know, so there's definitely non-voters out there that are also, you know, Republicans. So people have to think about that. And then also, for me, 
um, I was I was looking at this quote and I'm like, you gotta realize that the popular vote, like you gotta, you can't voter shame. Like this is this is obviously voter shaming, right? That quote is voter shaming. And then you look at it like 2016, the system, the voting system messed up the entire election pretty much, right? People are per getting purged from voter rolls. Um, and then obviously the electoral college, right? That messes up the, uh, the voting process too because it should be one man one vote a popular vote that should be it yeah but you see the popular vote hillary wins by three million but trump is winning the college so really is it's not even the on the voters <laughs> the voters did their part we we beat trump by three million votes and you're still gonna complain to us that we're apathetic that we don't care about this election yeah uh, like that's where they lost me and they do like that's that's like kind of a privileged take telling somebody to go vote too because like if you've been noticing the trend on how like the polling places are work, working for poor areas it's like in poor areas the polling places mm -hmm. there's like one polling place for like a certain amount of people but if you look in these like affluent white neighborhoods they got a polling place like down near on every corner like it's a damn starbucks right. so it's just like it's just not fair how y'all are expecting poor and black folks to do all the labor for the system that's holding us down and just for just for your gratification or your moral your moral victory you know that's just that's the that's the thing that really makes me mad about voter shaming too like it's a privilege it's a privileged take cool uh one thing i read about like the electoral college is that like people in wyoming voters in wyoming have like more than 100 times the voting power that a single person in california does <laughs> blatantly like racist at the end of the day because you look at california we're the most diverse state in the country and the fact is that most of the more populous states are the most diverse states yeah people in those states have the least amount of power behind their vote and you got motherfuckers from like oakland wyoming wherever else getting all these votes like or getting all this power behind their vote it just doesn't make sense the whole system is is designed to hold back black and brown folks and you said you're you're a poli sci major right so i i Something I've always found interesting is how come only every state only gets two senators? Like, mm. doesn't that kind of make like That's I know stupid. like to balance out the state powers and some shit yeah. like that? But, like, I think that like <laughs> not every state deserves equal. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Like, I don't think every state deserves equal power. If you got like fifty thousand people. And your state, like, damn, that's like my city. My city has a hundred thousand. So it's like, why did? Why do they get as much power? You know how that works? Um, right. How does that work? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the reason behind it is, like, they want states to have equal power because the Congress is supposed to give people equal power, which we know it doesn't. You know, um, like, the Congress in California has, like, 55 votes, I believe, and Wyoming has, like, two or something. But even that is just not proportional. So, um in theory, it would work a little bit more and it would balance more if the Congress was actually proportional, but it ha but it's not and it hasn't been for hundreds of years. Like it's been very unproportional. So it's just putting power in states' hands when the power needs to be in people's hands. Honestly, the whole American system up and down is just way more complicated than it should be. Like our tax code, we got a hundred different ways to tax people for just a few different things that are like being allocated inefficiently. Like just simplify that shit like <laughs> like yeah. we have staggered tax code why don't you just make it progressive you know like i don't know the whole thing is just it just doesn't make sense america complicates things a lot more than it should and because we are this like 
world power and shit, and it's been institutionalized for so long. It's honestly, not possible to change unless it's completely, you know, erased. Yeah. Why, at the end of the day, to get substantial change in this country, you need more or less a revolution. Yeah, because I never got that, bro. I'm like, damn, California has two states, and then, like, New England has or has two Senates, and then California has two Senate seats. And I, if I'm correct, Senate seats have more power than congressional seats, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that shit is just – doesn't make any sense, bro. That That is, like – that's wild. That's wild as hell. Bogus. <laughs> yeah, my thing is, bro, for a while now, I was just thinking, like, bro, like, I think we should just – the Senate should not even exist. It just should be like House of Representatives. That's it. That's that's it. Just House of Representatives. That's really the most, the be, the best way to do it, honestly, mm-hmm. from an electoral standpoint. Obviously, uh, not from not not the radical politics. Not not that's not the radical politics speaking. That's just electorally speaking. <laughs> just, just get do away with the Senate. That's me. Um. I was like, yeah, I was on Twitter and I've seen like the reason why I brought this up was because I seen on Twitter like uh, this is white person, and he was on Twitter like, yo, uh, the the post office is like crumbling because now I can't even get my medicine because I depend on the UP, uh, USPS to you mm-hmm. know deliver my medicine. So f all you protest voters from 2016. Now it's on you guys. So I'm like, bro, the anger is misplaced here, my guy. Yes. <laughs> so. I just hope- it's not just Trump either who's been like defunding the the post office like that's something that's been going on since like Obama mm-hmm. administration and I haven't looked that back into it but I'm sure like the Bush administration too like I'm pretty yeah. sure they've slowly been because they're yeah. both capitalist parties so they both believe in privatization so they're gonna try to shift towards their donor class whatever they want to happen and you know you know since um what's his name old dude from um, Amazon. Um, Bezos? Yeah, Bezos. You know, mm-hmm. he controls, like, this whole, like, distribution shit. So right. he got Democrats and Republicans in his pocket. So at the end of the day, privatization of the USPS is going to just make his pockets fat as can be, man. Like, and that's that's just unfortunate. That's just what, that's what's happening. And, you know, on Twitter, like, it really just makes me mad because, like, you people always talk about, man, fuck the system, blah, blah, blah. But then when it comes to voting specifically, then it's, oh, the protest voters did this. Oh, why don't you go and vote? That's the, like, bro, we have all this money for the system, but when it talks about voting specifically, and you guys blame the voters, now it's like, you look, you're not even being consistent, because it's not even the, it's not even the individual person. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yo, I, I, I got a question just bouncing off of that. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I don't know if this is just me, but when a white person tells me that they're not going to vote. That rubs me a very different way than <laughs> a black person does. Because then to, to me, that often gives me the vibe of like, you don't care. Like, you don't care about the that people are going through. Whereas with like people of color, specifically black people, I'm like, okay, you, you, you likely feel that like, you know, neither of the parties represent you and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But with white people, it's just like, bro, you built this system, you might as well like make some <laughs> change to, you know, help people that are being oppressed by it. I don't know. That's just that's just my perspective. Like it really draws me the wrong way when people when white people. I think the only group of white people I'll kind of give lenience to would be like the working class people. Like if you're a white working white working class, you know you're working in a factory in Ohio, and you know the trade deals fuck you over. 
depending on who you voted for, I'd be like, okay, I, if you're not voting in selection, all right, because both presidents supported trade workers. So I'm like, if you're a white guy and you got fucked over at trade deals and you don't want to vote, okay. But if you're a, if you're from Santa Barbara, or you're from Manhattan, <laughs> and you're saying all this, then I'd be like, nah, bro, what are you doing? Get your ass in the voting booth, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. I can definitely see why you thought that for sure. Nah, I feel you, man. It's like, well, because no matter who's president, they're gonna be okay. Like you know, yeah. they're gonna be all right at the end of the yeah. day. That's true. At the end of the day, they're gonna be okay no matter who's in office. Um, this wasn't in the topics, but we can talk about the post office. I actually know a couple things about it. Actually, just a couple. Um, like you mentioned, Bush did uh, was privatizing the. USPS way back then. I looked into a law. It said in 06, they passed a, a law where the USPS pre-funds the, the pensions for people. Um, so basically like the USPS has this burden of pre-funding these people's pensions. And that's a lot, that's a financial burden and you lose money that way. And so when you start to see, oh, the USPS is losing money for six years straight. Well, yes, because you passed that law in 06, and is, the Democrats also voted for this as well, including Bernie Sanders, which was, I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. Like, so it's my point, the point is, I guess the point is saying that the post office hasn't started with Trump. This has been, like you said, this has been going on since privatization was a thing. So, yeah. It's just like a new, like, that's why I'm not a fan of like the left right now, because neoliberals are like honestly just capitalists that smile in your face and tell you that like, oh, it's gonna be okay, like you're gonna be all right. But yeah, you bring up an interesting point though, Ren, because like if you have white privilege, like why and you say you for you're for black and brown people, like why don't you use it to the way that it's been sold to you? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like we know I I personally don't believe that like the vote is for the presidency is really going to change the out, the outcome of like black and brown people. But like, if you got white privilege and like you said, you live in one of these little states and shit like that, like maybe your vote will, I don't you know, it's just yeah. use that shit. Use your white privilege, bro. <laughs> to create like any incremental change at that point. Cause you know, like you're benefiting from this shit. If you could cause, create any incremental change for someone that doesn't have the privilege that you do, then use that shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, me personally, that, that's another reason why I'm voting. Because, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. I'm privileged as an Asian American, you know. So, yeah, like, I benefit from the system. So, I might as well help change the system a little bit. Like, obviously, I'm going to be supporting the grassroots, um, the people mm -hmm. working on the grassroots. But I'm also going to work within the electoral system to, you know, help people that don't have the privilege I do as much as I can. Mm-hmm. What was I going to say? I was going to bring up something, but I completely forgot. Oh, talking about white people. Yes, that's what it is. White privilege. Um, so, uh, Dr. I don't like talking about Dr. Boomer as much. I kind of just want to see him as a joke because I see him as like a right-wing Pan-Africanist. You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. Hotep right. He's a, he's a tab guy. He's a right-wing Pan-Africanist. This is pretty funny. But it, it, it's not. But like, it's because he, he used to be joking to me sometimes. I don't know. But he's serious. But he did bring up a point where it's like white people should not be protesting in the streets with black people. They should be in the, they should be at the Capitol. Like remember how white people were when the when the you know when the shutdown first arrived, and then they came in the Capitol buildings 
like, yo, open it back up and have their guns out. They're in the Capitol, they were in the streets, they're in the Capitol in front of politicians. But if you look at the police protests and what's been going on, you don't see many white people in Capitol buildings. They're just out in the streets with us. And Umar Johnson was saying like, yo, you should have done the same thing these conservatives were doing where y'all take your ass to the Capitol building and demand, you know, Breonna Taylor's, you know, getting arrested, something like that. And I, I thought that was probably the, one of the best things Umar Johnson has probably said. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Makes sense. Yeah. Then they're not the same energy when it has to do with, you know, helping out other people that aren't like them. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to do what's fun. Like, at the end of the day, most white people just want to do what's fun and what is going to get them some likes on, like, Instagram and stuff like that and just show up and, like, cosplay activism. Like, oh, look at me. Like, I'm in the streets with, like, alongside, like, radicals and, like, alongside people who really want liberation of their people. Like, I'm alongside them, so that makes me, like, a, a radical, right? But it's, like, this shit is not fun, bro. Like, doing this, doing grassroots work is not fun. Protesting is not fun, bro. Like, I remember when I went to that candlelight vigil in IV and I saw, like, some white people, like, laughing, having a good time. It just, like, that shit really hurt, bro, because, like, this shit is not for fun. This shit is not for, like, a look. It's, like, some people, the people who really believe this, like, it's had a necessity of survival, bro. It's not, like, on some, like, we, like, I'm an activist. Like, I'm so fucking cool. Like, and that's, I think that's what a lot of, like privileged white people or just privileged people in general are trying to get out of it. Not, it's a, it's a, it's just really it's upsetting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 We talked a lot about <laughs> the politics or whatnot. You have any any other takes, Seku? Anything? Uh, uh, not really. Just kind of going off of what uh, Mikey said. Uh, I've always viewed as like white people as like a you have like blinders on in a way because you don't really see the threats and things that make people of color struggle once you have that, like, white privilege, like, built in. You know, you have, like, the generational wealth of, like, years. And then, so you probably don't even have any trouble paying for school, but then the person of color has to go to that methods and work multiple jobs. So for someone to go to that protest and then co-op that movement for fun, it kind of, like, demeans the movement and undercuts it because... It's, that's the whole purpose of it to open your eyes to that to your white privilege and then use it for good. So um yeah. No, I feel you hundred PM. That's that's exactly what I meant by that. Like it's just it just makes you mad because like you shouldn't be having fun at a at a candlelight vigil to like mm-hmm. honor people who were slain by police violence. Like I don't if you find fun in that like, you should have just stayed your ass at home because you obviously don't care. You know what I'm saying? A little bit before we get into Palestine real quick. I mean, Mikey, I heard, I wasn't there because I was back home already, but I heard that you started like a march, like a protest kind of thing in IV. You want to talk about that for a little bit and just talk about what you did? Yeah, um, so it was right after, um, it was the weekend after George Floyd, um, which land, rest in peace, rest in peace of George Floyd. And, mm-hmm. um, that whole week, it was just like, you know, how IV is like, IV Twitter and SB Twitter. They don't, they gonna get their jokes off. They gonna get like, their like, two cents off no matter what. You know, like on some stupid shit. Like not, not like aware of stuff like that. And then I just saw that people weren't really like aware. So I was like, man, fuck that. Like, 
I organized that protest fast because it wasn't, mm. it was more for like black people like on our campus because like we, we were the ones that were on Twitter that were talking about it and just like making it like a thing because it was a, it was a huge deal. Like we're in the middle of like the worst quarter ever in my opinion, like pandemic, like no jobs for nobody. And it was just, it was just all bad. So it was more like a, that's why like for the first two hours of like the, the protest, we just like, I just let black people speak, you know, like I wanted to center our voice and you should have heard like some of the like speeches or like some, some of the things that people were saying. It's like, damn, some of those people have been there for four years, just like me or five years and never had their voice centered in Santa Barbara. So it was more just to like, let people know that like Santa Barbara, we got black people there and y'all gonna listen to us at the end of the day. Cause like, we still here and this is our space too. So if you like, y'all gotta show up for us cause this shit is, something's gotta shake. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what that was about mostly. I got one more question before we get into pause time. Cause I had some, I heard criticisms of the protests from my friends saying like, yo, did you, we didn't even go to the police station. Like we wasn't even in a police station like that. We were just walking around. I was like, damn, like what? So what are y'all marching for? Like, is y'all not going to the police station? I mean, if you want to address that, that's, I mean, that's on you. But I'm just, I was like, damn, is that what really happened? Like, want to talk about that for a little bit or? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, who, who am I to, let's see, walk my people? Like, it was, it was to like honor Breonna Taylor, George <laughs> Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and the countless other lives. Who am I to like lead my people to the police station when, right. Okay. It's mostly like you want me to you want me to you want me to take all the black students who are like such a small population from UCSB straight mm -hmm. to the police station when it's like if it if that was a criticism from a black person like I'll, I'll totally welcome it because nobody's above criticism and I always welcome that shit. I was black. Like, you want me to walk my people straight to the police when you had saw mm -hmm. what had just happened and all this police violence that has been like thrown into our face like. That's kind of like a take where it's like I'm not I'm not trying to reopen trauma, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna walk no black person to the police, and I'm not gonna like that's not on me. I'm not gonna do that. Oh no! See, the criticism it just came from good faith. It wasn't like attacking or anything. It was just like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came from a black person, so it was yeah. just yeah. So anyway, that makes, that makes sense. Like um. Cause I, I remember you saying like, uh, like I don't want to see no white people throwing shit, like starting up any violence and shit, because mm -hmm. that's gonna put black people in harm at first. I'm sure it was probably the same reasoning for you not wanting to go to the police station. Yeah, I mean, if you were there, there's like, there's probably like I don't know how many people, but I'm sure it was like less than a hundred, like or maybe like a hundred around a hundred of them were black. So you know, when shit got popping. I didn't have an exit plan for my niggas. Like, if the, if the police, like, mm -hmm. if we were, if we were there, that makes sense. like, white people started to attack the police. Like, makes sense. I didn't have that exit plan to like get mm -hmm. my niggas out of there and not get hurt. Mm -hmm. So why would why would I even try to incite that, mm -hmm. incite that violence? That was kind of some of the reason why, like, I didn't want, I didn't want to even have the police like around at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we got the Palestine uh, Middle East deal. Uh, Seiko was talking about it before, you know, off air for a little bit. I mean, you want to talk about this? Can you give us a little context? What's going on in the Middle East? Um, yeah, so for a little while now, uh, Israel has been 
um, annexing the, I guess, territory of Palestine, of Palestinians. And uh, the leader Netanyahu recently signed a peace deal with the uh, surrounding area to stop the impressment, stop the torture, stop the bulldozing of their culture um, temporarily. He signed it with Donald Trump, I think about a week ago. But um, the deal is like performative and it's very temporary because they're still gonna do the same thing. And uh, I originally thought that it was for, uh, for Trump to be allowed to be, for Trump to use that towards a re-election because I feel like he desperately needs a win in foreign policy because he's been taking shots from everywhere. He's having a bad time handling coronavirus, having a bad time handling uh, Russia. He's like buddy-buddy with them, which is like uh, really sus. Um, what else? He's sending troops against citizens while they're protesting. Um, so I felt that like he did that for also to preserve his connections with Israel and to just get some win that he can like claim, you know, and uh, that's what I thought. Makes sense. Um, we, we talked about this earlier too, but like my perspective on that, like it, it does seem like Trump is definitely trying to do this for re-election, which is the case for everything that a president ever does. Um, um, I feel like this wouldn't really help him at all because most of the people, as far as I know, that really care about the uh, Israeli and Palestine issue are younger people that pro Palestine who aren't gonna vote for Trump anyways, um, or people that are Israeli or, um, or Palestinian, which Israelis and Palestinian people tend to be left-leaning, right? Both of them do, but it's just a matter of like, Palestinians are usually more progressive and Israelis are more establishment. So I don't know. I feel like this doesn't really help him unless he's trying to capture like the, the Jewish vote or something, which I don't think is really going for him because he's the supporter of neo-Nazis and shit. So he's probably I don't know what Trump is thinking. He's he, I think he's des desperate for a win because he ran on what ending the wars in the Middle East. Um, you know, he ran on you know ending the wars and he hasn't done that. So now he's looking for some way to. You know, and he can't run on North Korea because, I mean, yeah, he was trying to get some kind of thing going on, but people see North Korea as a bad place anyway, so that's not going to work. You can't run on that. Um, so, yeah, like Seiko and Rin said, I think this is just another avenue for him to try to claim, oh, I did something on foreign policy that was positive. Um, I think that you talked about Russia. We're, actually, it was, it was, we're not going to talk about Russia, but I, <laughs> I have this feeling that um, Russia, this is my belief. We're not going to talk, we're not going to talk about this, but it's my belief that Russia had really nothing to do with the elections. That's just me. That's me. Uh, I'm going to go for that. And the whole Russia bounty thing. I don't know if you guys heard about the Russia bounty thing. I don't think that's a thing, but we, we don't have to talk about that right now, but that's just me. But anyway, back to Palestinians. Um, yeah, this is Jesse Trump's way of saying, Hey, I found something good. Yeah, I was, I was unaware of that deal. Um, I'm surprised that Trump even tried to do something that would go against, like, what, so what, what exactly the deal? Like, you said it was more like annexing, like, or divesting some of Israel's power. So is it pro? Is it in favor of Palestine? It was, or is it like, the thing, it was framed as, oh, they're going to stop this occupation. Like, it's going to be a stop. And then Netanyahu says, oh, no, no, we're still going to be doing occupations. Yeah. 
So yeah, it was a bogus deal. They're still gonna do it. So that's that's what I'm hearing. Like like I think Seku said it. You said there was gonna be like a temporary stop on the bulldozing of Palestinian property and homes. Yeah, but that's 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 basically what the deal was. Okay. Yeah. So performative, like basically like all performative. Yeah. 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 Which. That's uh, that's the U.S. for you. <laughs> you try to act like the international police and shit when we're not really even doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Honestly, I I think it's kind of a, a like a objectively bad move because like for for one like he's claiming that he's doing something good for Palestinians, but mm-hmm. it isn't going to do anything for Palestinians, maybe delay it for a little bit, and then the same shit's going to happen, which Trump isn't going to get involved in. Like, he's not going to stop them all together. So I, I, I think it's just a bad thing because it supports the image of, like, America as, um, you know, the foreign police, and America steps in to help other countries, and us as, like, this white savior type shit. Because, you know, we've seen it in South America. We've seen it um, in the Middle East all the time. We've seen it in Asia, like, America just loves putting its hands in shit and usually making shit worse. Yeah, like, I always talk about, like, bro, like, I cried. <laughs> I don't, I think I, I don't know if I said on the podcast, I told someone, like, I was in a history class and we watched a, a documentary on Patrice Lumumba and uh, he was a socialist in Africa, I forgot which country. Congo. And uh, basically it's a documentary about, like, how the CIA and, and Belgium took him out and then I didn't know how hurt I was, but I walked out and I called him like, yo, did you know this, 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 and this, and this happened? And then I started crying like, yo, like the U.S. is really meddling in other people's countries for no reason. Yeah, and I think that that Palestine deal um, kind of takes away from like what the United States is doing in Venezuela right now. Because mm. I think that the Venezuela like crisis right now is way more important to like liberation politics than like um, this like performative deal that Trump is doing like they're they're really for they're like staging like they're setting the foundation to stage a coup out there in venezuela and nobody nobody even is even really too aware of that like hella shit has been going on in south america like we know we we've been known that shit is going on in the middle east but it's just wild how like mm-hmm. while this president is doing or like any president per se is are doing these performative deals they're staging a coup somewhere to like secure some better fossil fuel deals and like doing some shit like that so it's just like all like i feel like it's all like smoke up in the air you know what i'm saying and just kind of like makes you wonder like damn why 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 are they doing this like what what was the reasoning behind this one all about one america in the entire world that's what's, that's the whole thing like just try to be like everybody like westernized you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's a sad thing it's a sad thing but yo we're done with politics I think that we went on it for like, I don't know how long, but we got some fun shit. We got the, I don't know if you guys heard about this one. I don't know, Mike, I don't know if you heard about this, but the Suns, the Phoenix Suns. Now we know about, we know about them, we know about them going eight and no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know how they went eight and no. Oh man. They had like a less, less than 1% chance again, eight and no, but we don't know how they did it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we found a quote. We found a culprit. Uh, I don't know her name, but she's an IG model. Uh, she was on the No Jumper podcast talking about uh, how <laughs> she was basically fucking this uh, son's employee. 
And then one thing leads to another, and then the whole team, the whole Phoenix Suns team, just walk in on her, and uh, <laughs> and start sucking dicks. Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I, just put it bluntly, man. D book was the first one too. D book went nine and zero. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they deserve it, bro. They they had a good playoff run, bro. They deserve they deserve they deserve a couple wins. Uh, I, I, I saw some uh, <laughs> I saw some tweet. They said uh, so so seven dudes really sat around waving with their pants down for a turn. Like I'm just I don't know how you get in that situation, but uh, I guess props to the Suns for even like how this got out. But uh, yeah, that team chemistry just hundred <laughs> percent. About it is, I don't think this is the first time it happened because she said it like walked into the room and just waited for her to finish and took their turns. Like, so I'm just thinking, like, these motherfuckers are that comfortable to be doing that. Like, they just got their dicks out waiting around for the other one to get, you know, to nut on this girl so that they could get their chance next. Like, hold on, how are y'all this comfortable with each other? Like, (laughs) it's building that team chemistry. But go ahead, go ahead. You got something to say? I just saw how like somebody tweeted like it probably wasn't even the Suns. It was probably like just a bunch of niggas who said that they were all the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, the Suns are hella trash. It was just like hella niggas that said they were on the Suns and weren't even on the Suns. And I was just sitting back. Oh. Like, I, I was wondering, I'm like, did they, did these niggas really do that? <laughs> or like, <laughs> like the Suns? If unless you tap into the NBA, like you don't really know who are on the Suns. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. Like, Damn. That this like this woman wasn't tricked into that shit because like different is like I feel like you can have, you can just get a group of your tall homeboys and be like yeah we're the Phoenix Sun. <laughs> God damn. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> that's that shit. Like obviously Twitter's gonna have their jokes, but <laughs> I'm the jokes and I'm like damn. Like who, who fucking knows. The story behind that one. Oh, that changes things. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the worst because you know, and you know, her homegirl was like, "Oh my gosh, she's so shy," and I'm like, "What? You just talk to her. <laughs> you're just like a mix. And then, bro, I don't, bro. There was some people talking about. I forgot. I don't know who hosted No Jumper podcast. But he was like, "Yo, so where did all the nuts go?" And I'm just like, "What kind of question is that?" <laughs> that's that Adam 22 guy Adam that dude, hey, all these all these big like hip hop head podcast hosts are so weird when they talk to girls bro like we already know about Charlamagne Charlamagne is a weirdo mm-hmm. bro I, Charlamagne I, I don't fuck with Charlamagne or I don't really fuck with that whole podcast because I feel like that whole platform is just weirdo like weirdo central bro so it's just like how you what 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 are you doing, bro? Like you a girl, like you a grown ass man, like you know, that's like a joke people say. But like, what are you? That's the question, like that you ask, like, <laughs> alright, bro. So like, remember, remember when uh when Charlemagne asked Logic about about his sister? Nah. Bro, wait, wait, remind me, remind me. Trigger warning right here. Trigger warning. Sexual assault. Um, mm. Mm. He was like talking to Logic, and out of nowhere in the middle of the interview, he was like, "So who raped your sister?" That's ridiculous, bro. Yeah, way. Out of pocket, bro. And another trigger warning sexual assault is like 
this dude Charlemagne, like he had a, he had a case in the past too. Where oh, like oh, I heard. He it sounded like I think he he committed sexual violence against a black woman, and like the fact that he has such a huge platform and like he talks violently towards trans people, like you. You just you just see how some of these like talking heads be talking about some of these issues, and it's just like, man, like I don't want to hear your take on none of this shit, bro, because you you up, like you sounding <laughs> like up, you've been moving like up, so yeah. I don't know too much about that Adam Twenty Two guy, but yeah, he he. Uh, I don't I don't really know too much about his podcast either, but that video that surface, I was like, damn, what are they talking about? What's going on over there? Like, <laughs> what is going on over there? <laughs> And like, how do you even know to get that girl on? Like, what, do you, what is she famous for to have her on the podcast in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> I don't fucking know, bro. I've seen some episodes of Adam 22's podcast, and uh, I think he just takes anybody that's like, he just takes anybody. Like, I saw this like, one, uh, you guys remember Boom Gang, like, a while ago? Yeah. You ran, like, Prankster? Model Citizen now. <laughs> yeah. There was one video where he was like being interviewed, but he was getting his ass beat by like I don't know what he was on, like uh perks or something like that. But he was just like out of it. He was like out of it. And I was like the interview was still going on, like he was barely making any like like words you can understand him. And like I really don't think like Adam Twenty Two like cares about who he interviews as long as it gets like that clickbait. Oh, like, mm-hmm. He's like definitely off morals or anything like that. So yeah. Bro, some of the twi- some of the Twitter jokes were just funny, and then some of them were just some of the takes were just like, bro, what the fuck? Like, people, you know, obviously there's men on there like, this is why I don't want to have a daughter, and I'm just like, bro, now you're just, what, what are we what are we doing here? Like, now you're just sexualizing her, like, ah, uh, not even born yet. Not even mm-hmm. born yet. I mean, that hasn't been born yet. Like, what? <laughs> One situation, like, even so, even if you're doing that, why are you in your daughter's business? That's on some like T.I. shit, like, like that's the yeah. same niggas that like probably looked up to like T.I. when he like disrespected, like he disrespects his children and like hella ways, like I feel what he did to his daughter, that shit is dead. And just like that whole segment, like obviously like niggas are gonna get their son's jokes off and shit like that, but like it also brought up like hella horophobia and shit like that, like mm-hmm. just, bro, like it's the same shit that happened with WAP, bro, like a lot of niggas yeah. are women who like take on their like sexual liberation, bro. Like at the end of the day, like she's doing her thing. That shit didn't hurt me. And like, if you don't want to have a daughter because of a woman doing her thing, like you probably shouldn't have one in the first place anyway. Like that shit, that take is dead. That take's been dead, bro. Bro, I I heard the worst take on that WAP video, bro. And the dude said, yo, he has, he basically had that same critique he had with hip hop, basically. Black people, he's talking about hip hop. He was like, the WAP is going to increase the, you know, crime rates in the black community. I said, bro, what? What is that? <laughs> what? This is, black, this is a black man saying this, by the way. It's not a white person. It's a black man saying this. Wow. Like, like, our daughters are going to be doing this and that. It's going to increase the crime rates in the black community. I said, oh, oh my God. Man. What? what kind of. <laughs> If NWA didn't increase black on black crime, what the fuck is WAP gonna do? What is I don't even know how you come to that conclusion, bro. Like look <laughs> this dude was jumping through hoops to get there, bro. Damn. The mental gymnastics was gold medal 
levels, bro. Like, and, and but anyway, like back to the the sons thing. Like, I was thinking like, and I was agreeing with some people like, yo, I'm not gonna stand around with my dick out with seven other guys or six other guys. Like, I'm not unless I'm going first. Like, D Book was smart. He went first. So, allegedly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, look. I'm not gonna be the last person. I'm gonna. I'm like, like y'all got it. I'm out. But if I'm going first, all right, I guess you're going first, and that's cool. But I can't be in a row. I can't wait. I just. I'm not in one hotel room. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, why, why is everybody coming after the girl when it's not like six dudes waiting in line? Right, bro. <laughs> it's like they all got money. Y'all can. Y'all can each get your own. Like, <laughs> thanks. Wait, was this at the bubble or was it like before? Like before the bubble. Okay, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah no, nah. NBA would have been whoop. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I don't know. Like that whole, I try not to have too much attention on that shit because because of some of the takes I've seen. I was like, man, this shit. Let me just watch my Lakers win the title. But it was just that shit. That shit brought up hella shit that was a lot. I was like, damn, bro. Like this shit is crazy. And then, like, the shit continue because we can segue into this one. Uh, we, we're going to talk about the Lakers next, but I think it's a good segue. We talk about Trey Songs because the Trey Songs, he's involved, with, he's involved with the same girl. I was talking about the Suns. So, you know, I didn't believe it at first, like, oh, she's involved with Trey Songs. Like, Damn. I didn't believe it at first. And then Trey Songs comes out on Twitter and posts all these text messages, and we're saying that the girl calls him a nigga. And I'm like, bruh. You let a white girl call you nigga? <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know, man. Like, I'm gonna believe like any woman who says some shit about like a, a man in power because he, mm. he already has that he already has that position. So it's like niggas are gonna believe them no matter what. Mm. So like I'm automatically gonna believe the survivor just because like I'm pretty sure. She she didn't just say that for no clout or nothing, bro. Cause the Trey Song stands are gonna come after her ass, or like the the apologists are gonna come after her ass too. Cause you you see like people mm-hmm. people really be coming after survivors on some like oh yeah. like what the fuck shit like nah yeah. nah nah. So like that nigga Trey Songs, it seems like he might be on that like weirdo tip like for sure. Oh, let yeah. me clarify something. I didn't say like I didn't believe her like her like victims. It was more like. Cause she was on IG saying I'm on OnlyFans with Trey Songz sucking dick. I was like, that part I didn't believe. I was like, bro, yeah, Trey Songz, yeah. you got 10k followers, you got Trey Songz on here. That's, That's how it. I found about the Trey Songz thing. I didn't know that it was like a, a sexual assault type yeah. thing. On her story, right after the story came out, she was like, uh, "My tape with Trey Songz on my OnlyFans right now." Oh yeah, I saw, I saw a different thing on Twitter where after that shit came out, um, yeah. that like supposedly more people were coming out. Um, talking about some like talking about Trey Song's like weirdo aggressive behavior and that's why I didn't I didn't know what she said about him specifically but like I feel like that kind of like opened up what Trey Song's had coming to him because yeah seems like he's been moving hella weird <laughs> I, I saw like um like a whole bunch of, you, you know what's crazy is we were actually talking about Trey Song's in the last episode oh shit remember or I talked about him. I was like, uh, people are always coming at like Megan the Stallion and like these women who um, like talks talk about their sexual sides of themselves in songs, but they don't come after people like Trey Songs. Mm. You know, mm. I don't know, but um, 
But, uh, yeah, yeah, like, Trey Songz, like, I heard that he took, like, a hiatus from social medias for, like, 10 months because he had a sexual assault case. And then he came back, like, on his, like, activism wave and shit. Like, uh, well, yeah. really, really weird to me. Like, how are you just going to, like, completely, like, try to flip your image? Like, bro, we ain't forget. This is the internet. Shit stays. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. I didn't even know about that past sexual assault case, though, until, until right. I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, shit. I mean, we can talk about Tory Lanez kind of just on that same wavelength. Talk about Tory Lanez is finally, like, we didn't, she didn't need to do this because we all knew, but she had to because niggas like to make conspiracy theories, but making these styling confirmed that Tory Lanez indeed shot her in the foot. I didn't like how she had to come out with it because I feel like the real is going to know. Yeah. I felt, you know, I don't blame her. She felt compelled to do this because, you know, a lot of people were lying on her name. So uh, I'll take it as, I mean, I guess she did what she had to do in that situation. Like, I, I don't, I can't begin to fathom what she, what she was going through in these last two weeks. So, I mean, her actions are justified in doing this, you know, releasing his, you know, you know his name. Because at first she was like, ah, I got shot. But then now, saying his name, you're ju- she's completely justified in my opinion. So, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, like people should have been known, been known, and like believe um, that Tory Lanez is the one that shot her. Because like, who else, bro? Like Kylie Jenner, she just Kylie Jenner and her best friend were the only ones there. I feel like if it was her best friend, there would have been at least one rumor about the, or about that, but it wasn't. We know it's not Kylie Jenner because she just made a music video with Kylie Jenner in it. So it had to be Tory Lanez. And apparently she wasn't there, according to her. Who was Like, at the time of the shooting. Kylie Jenner? Yeah. She said that it was me, the secu- Tory security, her friend, and Tory himself. Oh, She didn't yeah. mention Kylie. So I guess Kylie was already gone by that point. Hmm. And they were like five minutes away from the house, from Megan the Stallion's house. Damn. So, and yeah. she said that, like, yeah, me and Tori were arguing. Like, actually, no, everybody was arguing. She wanted to get out the car and just walk home. And then Tori is in the back seat, and then rolls down the window and shoots her. So I was like, damn. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all, man. Like, it's just, it's like that. Like, after already like coping with this trauma, she had to come out and still address this. Like. Yeah. Which is like the problem that like a lot of fans like feel like they're owed an explanation on some shit that happens in their life. But it, it's just like I saw a tweet that kind of like hit it on the nail. Where if like Kylie would have said, if Kylie would have got shot by Tory Lanez, y'all would have believed it right away. Like right. would have mm. had no message on like this nigga like really shot me. Like y'all believe me now? Like that shit, that shit is weak, man. And it's weak because like it's mostly black men on Twitter that were actually with the conspiracy theories, bro. It was literally just straight black men just talking about show me the police report. Why is she dancing in the WAP video? Why is she, why is she still talking? Like, bro, like, are you serious? Like, and then they wonder why black men get, <laughs> uh, you know, they get shamed by black women. They wonder why we get shamed by black women because it's like it's things like that. And during that time, TMZ released video footage of her like <laughs> after the footage, after like the um, incident. You could see her limping. You could see like the blessings on the floor, mm-hmm. and you could see she was definitely in pain. And Torlin was on the was on the floor. It was, it was like phased out or something like that. 
It's like, I don't know what more information do you need besides video evidence? Like, if you ask me, like, put Megan Stallion on this pedestal, like, why would you want to, like, discredit her like that? She had no reason to lie. She just came off a number one single with Beyonce. And I think before the shooting, she had another number one with, um, I don't know which song it was. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But she was coming off a number one, and she's, you know, she's successful. She has no reason to lie. She's the most popular artist right now. Yeah. She doesn't need <laughs> to boost her image in any way. And she didn't, she didn't like call the police. Like people think like she didn't call the police to like yeah. protect Tori. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. But like she was protecting herself too. Like black women are like victims of police violence just as much as black men, if not like more. It's just like we don't mm -hmm. we don't hear about it. But like this whole like she's lying shit like that's that take is it's just it's just, it's just crazy man like because that could have it could have got blown up way more out of proportion like four black people up in the hills with kylie jenner right there and <laughs> like man that shit could have gotten real dangerous even though it was already hella dangerous for meg like mm. that's, that was it was wild that, that situation like if you're defending tory lanes at this point like you gotta you gotta reevaluate yourself because that ain't that ain't the take for sure. He's not coming back from this. <laughs> he's not oh, coming. Hell back. No. No, I hell think he's still in hiding or something like that. I don't know what's going he's on. Still in hiding. He hasn't said shit. Like he's not a big enough artist to make a comeback like Chris Brown has. You know. Yeah. He's not Chris Brown. He's Tory Lanez. He's he, the comeback is just not there. So he's basically giving himself the Biden treatment, just staying low as low as much as possible. Um. I mean, damn. He went from quarantine radio to now he just quiet like yeah he deserves i feel like he deserves everything that's coming to him like you mm -hmm. shot you shot meg like yeah ain't no coming back like you deserve what's coming to you i, I saw this tweet that like i felt like kind of um uh wrapped it up pretty well it said black women live at the intersection of police brutality and gun violence megan the stallion was shot and terrified yet still knew she couldn't trust cops to protect her Yet in this traumatic state, she decided to protect Tory Lanez from the cops. If only we lived in a world that protected black women. And I feel like that that kind of, you know, captures everything because not only is she um, scared for her own health because of like, you know, she got shot in the foot and, you know, she could eventually, like she could be paralyzed if it, if it hadn't missed any tendons or bones or whatever. Um, but also she's afraid for her own health and for Tory Lanez's health. Like she... She basically protected Tory Lanez because she knew that if she called the cops, some shit would happen to either Tory Lanez or her or both of them. So that, I'm, that's awful. That's a that's a sad reality that black women have to face daily. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just leave it off. Like, you know, uh, Megan ever hears this. <laughs> just want you to know you're loved. Um, glad you're safe. Glad you're healed. Um, just take your time. Um, I mean, I don't blame you if you don't. If you not, you know, if you're not gonna make music now, I don't blame you. Um, but whatever you do, it's justified. If you make music, if you don't. If you don't, it's cool. Um, just be safe. Protect black women as always. Yep. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. I don't know. You got any, any takes? Any? Or not takes, but just any closing. Um, I have I have one little comment. It's kind, of, it's kind of off topic, but it has to do with Meg. So mm. I don't want to see this tweet. I don't want to make this my bird of the week because, you know, I, I kind of get where it's coming from. But there was this tweet where it was like, um, 
I forgot. I, I think it was just talking of, uh, in general about like male rappers and it's like male rappers will get shot once and talk about it for like 11 years on 11 straight albums. And <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion would get shot twice, once in both feet and then drops the number one single. And honestly, bro, like I feel like that was kind of a bird-ass tweet because mm. like obviously Meg, what Megan Thee Stallion went through was traumatic. But that doesn't take away from anyone else's trauma. And if someone else wants to profit off of being shot and talking about being shot in a fucking, in a song, then let them rap about being shot in a song. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to use the example of 50 Cent because he has done some, you know, questionable things. But, you know, dude got shot nine times. Like, just an example. Say if it wasn't 50 Cent. If someone got shot nine times, I'm going to let them talk about getting shot for as long as they want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, that's just my take on it. I felt like that tweet was a little, I, I don't know, it was probably just meant to be funny and not actually meant to be analyzed like that. But, yeah. All right. We're on to the uh, more, even more fun topic. Actually, that last topic wasn't fun. That wasn't the <laughs> least. Nah. Bad, bad framing, bad framing. But uh, we got the Lakers. We're all Laker fans in here. Um, we can talk about other playoff games if we want, but we can start with the Lakers first. So, any takes in the first two games? You guys excited? What's going on? How you feeling? AD is finally playing like he's not a 5'10 shooting guard. <laughs> I don't say point guard because he doesn't play like a point guard. Bro plays like a shooting guard, taking backs, trying to play like Kobe and shit. When he's 6'10 and stronger than anyone in the paint, like, bro, get your ass in the key. Get your ass on the elbow. <laughs> but, you know, he finally did it in the second game, and we won. So, thanks. Right. Uh, With Braun putting up only 10 points, by the way, yo, you know, thanks. that shows chip-worthy right there, bro. Hell yeah. Chip-worthy. I was looking at AD, man. I was like, game one, I said, bro, what are these shots you're taking right now? Like, you're not even starting off at the – like, I don't understand if you went to the basket first, but you're not even doing that. He's been shooting all game. There was one three he took in game one. He was he, – he took a shot over Nurkic, but – he was open enough where you can – you're not really bothered by that shot, but he still had the, the things to just fade at the three. I'm like, bro, you're fading at the three? What are you – you're not even jumping straight up. Like, yeah. what the f <laughs> so he, he wasn't aggressive in the, in the first half in game one. And, I mean, he was. He got 21 in the first half in game one, but it wasn't, like, efficient. And I'm like, yeah. bro, if game two he plays like this, I don't know, he might go to six. But game two, like you guys said – He's getting to the basket, getting offensive boards. Like, yo, he played like a like a five, like a five, like a center. And I was so proud. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was more coach or coaching or like more of like him just like taking it upon himself to finally take that five position. Cause in the in the playoffs, bro, you're gonna have to play the position that makes you uncomfortable if it's gonna yeah. get your team to win. Because like those lineups, like Vogel's lineups, I'm not gonna put it all on AD, but he didn't play like the best game one. Mm -hmm. But the rotations were something else game one. And seeing, like, JaVale only play, like, six minutes in the first half and probably have an AD up in there in that five, like, playing that bully, big, brisket ball, like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, that shit made me hella happy because, like, he was playing, like, he acts like he weighs, like, 150 pounds or, like, he's, like, this nimble <laughs> little, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, bro, you were <laughs> – you're a monster. Like, own that shit. Bron I think Bron – must have told him, like, in the locker room that he's built different. Because when he said that yesterday in the game, I went crazy. I'm not even <laughs> different, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's not even different. Yeah. 
I went crazy. Yeah, he was. He looked built different yesterday at game two. Yeah, yeah, that was hype. You know, I was disappointed. Like D- Dion didn't even get no run in game one, bro. He played one minute. I'm like, bro, Dion's right there. We need some offense. Like the defense is gonna be there regardless. I'm not even worried about the defense. Like our offense is shit right now. And he yeah, had yeah. one minute. I was like, bro, come on. Yeah. And even in game two, Dion didn't come in. Like Gr Gr Smith came before Dion. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But we, I mean, we won game two anyway. But I really hope Vogel isn't looking at Gr Smith as better than Dion. Like, <laughs> come on. Like I was telling Ren before, like Vogel is the opposite of D'Antoni. D'Antoni is gonna look at all the analytics. He's gonna put so much in the analytics for his game plans. Whereas Vogel is just going to be opposite. Like, he'll look at JaVale. He has, like, a negative plus minus. He's not effective in the starting lineup. And he'll be like, man, fuck it. We'll, we'll keep the big He looked good second half yesterday, though. He was looking pretty yeah. good in the second half. Yeah. But JaVale, I'm learning. I'm starting to learn that JaVale is only effective offensively. If he's not scoring, then he's a, he's a dud. Yeah. And game two, JaVale actually had a decent game. See, bro, I feel like it's the same with uh, for JaVale and Dwight. Like, both of our centers are very touch-dependent. While they, while they don't need, like, the ball to operate, like, they can get, like, rebounds and score. If they don't get their scoring going, then they're not going to play as good on defense. Nah. Best games are the games where he has, like, 15 points because then he'll get you, like, three or four blocks and ten boards. And it's like, oh, shit, put Dwight in the starting lineup. But the <laughs> next game, he goes, like, one for three or something, and he has, like, zero blocks, you know? Like, yeah. Their, their their energy is dependent on how how many touches they're getting, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know if y'all want to talk on like, what, did y'all like what y'all saw out of the role players in game two? Because the role players in game one, I was like, ah, oh, bro, we ain't never gonna get another championship. Like, playing the way KCP, I was like, damn, he's looking like 2018, 2019 KCP. I was like, my throat was dry. I was like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is not looking good. I mean, look, I, I was look defensively, I was proud defensively in both games. Is like because KCP and Denny Green were still trying on defense. So that part I was like, great. Like at least they're not like they're not like giving they haven't given up on the game, you know. They're actually trying on defense. So that part was encouraging. It was just like like you said, dude, like KCP and Denny, KCP had one point in game one in 30 minutes. 30 fucking minutes. That that pissed me off. I mean, even even his shot selection wasn't great in game one. Like, I was like, dude, you don't even take these shots, dude. Like, yeah, I was sick to my stomach because I remember when you and uh, the boy Peter were talking about uh, Caruso over Danny Green, and I oh was, yeah, <laughs> I was over here talking about some. Oh, don't worry, bro. Playoff Danny Green being go <laughs> he gonna be out there locking up, hitting these wet balls, and then like this nigga. Clink, he he done tipped he tipped the rim. He was throwing up so many bricks, bro. I was sick. I was like, I ain't never let this one down, bro. But game two, he did. He put up the shots that he needed to put up. It wasn't just being like the worst <laughs> card I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but the role plays was definitely the reason why we had a blowout, dude. Like KSB had sixteen points, I think. Uh, hey. I- EG really pissed me off games two at the beginning. Like, within the first couple minutes, Bo pissed me off. He missed, like, two rotations within the first couple minutes. Um, he clanked a three-pointer. 
And then I think the very next position after missing the three, he blows a fast break. Like he just he just loses the ball off his own knee or something with another. Oh, like, bro, fix this motherfucker right now. Take him out the game. I don't have enough time for this shit, bro. <laughs> He got like what? He got like twenty eight million or thirty million over these two years. I was like, I was sick. I was just sitting back in my bed, hella hot, just like I was out here defending this nigga. Now <laughs> <laughs> he just let me the fuck down. I was hurt. Bro. <laughs> I think like this like next series will like bring out the best of Lakers, but and also the worst because like we're playing against like well the AC, right? But like Bronze over here is like saying records, so I think. I think that will help role players like succeed because no matter what, Bron's still gonna be when those like uh like passing the ball around too much. But at the end of the day, they're gonna they're still gonna bounce back because the end of the season was rocky start, and role players are, are gonna save us because AD is bound to get some kind of injury. But as long as he like isn't as fragile as as, as he is right now, I think we'll be okay. But uh, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. AD was scaring the shit out of me because there was a couple times he was holding his back and then one time he was walking yeah. and he just put his he rolled his ankle in the stanchion. I was just like, oh my god, AD, <laughs> sit his ass out. It's already we're already up thirty anyway. Just sit his ass out. And Vogel did that obviously. That's the obvious coach move. But oh, AD was scaring the fuck out of me in the third quarter. I think this <laughs> is the biggest test. Like besides in the West, I think this might be the biggest test that AD is gonna face too because Nurkic and Whiteside. They're, they're good. Those are good fives. Like, mm-hmm. the the Portland Trailblazers just have good, like, big man. And, like, I think besides them, like, if you look at it, maybe, like, Gobert. Gobert on the Jazz, which I know – I think that's going to happen. But I'm excited to see Joe Ingles shut down playoff pandemic P, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with his dusty-ass shoulder. But, yeah, I, I think that this is – this this is that first game lost. Like, I call it a gentleman sweep. Like, the Portland yeah. Trailblazers were hot. And then I think Lakers finally woke the fuck up because they was looking, they was looking like sleep, Sorry. big sleep. Yeah, man. Oh man! Oh, yeah. big shout out to Caruso once again. I was worried that his endurance was not going to be up there because he doesn't play this many minutes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm great. This is great. Like, yo, his endurance is up. He doesn't look tired guarding Dame, running around chasing Dame and CJ. So I'm really like I'm. It's great that Caruso. Maybe it's the fact that he, he gets foul. He got in foul trouble. I don't know. Yeah. But it was nice to see that Caruso was actually you know out there running around and not being tired. And you know he was actually giving Dane trouble. Like he looked frustrated. Yeah. Wait, Jude, is the, is the episode recording right now? Yeah, it's recording. Okay, okay, for sure. <laughs> the thing wasn't showing on my thing. <laughs> no, no, it shows on mine. It shows on mine. You're good. <laughs> We're good. And then um, another thing too is that like I think that. Caruso is being forced to play like a like a shot creator when he's like more of a, like an off ball type of guard, like more catch and shoot. Cause like Rondo's still out. That's why Bron he can't really score right now. Hopefully when Rondo gets back, like I don't know if I can really buy into the playoff Rondo. I'm hoping. Like I'm, I'm a Rondo believer, but uh, I think Caruso can't really be playing off the dribble like that. Cause you see his ball handling skills ain't really. That's not really what he's made for like that. My only hope is that Rondo, if Rondo's going to be in the game, AD has to be at the five. He can't be at the four yeah, and, have, like, nice. and have Dwight at the five. Like, that can't work, bro. AD yeah. has to be. Like, remember in the, with the Pelicans, AD was at the five. And Rondo was at the one, obviously. And that worked great. Hell yeah. I'm saying the same thing. Like, if Vogel's smart, he has to put Rondo and AD. They have to put him at one and, one and five. Has yeah. to. 
Yo, I, I got a, I got a um, hot take actually. Oh shit. So, I feel like if the Lakers win the championship, which I'm putting my money on, uh, that AD is gonna be the MVP, unless, mm. unless face the Raptors in the finals, then it's gonna be LeBron. Because mm. you know the Raptors shut down, take. the Raptors shut down Giannis uh, last year, and if you think about it. AD, I mean, although he's bigger and not as agile as Giannis, they do have a pretty similar play style in terms of, like, they like starting at the elbow or the corner three and then just driving in. So I feel like they'll do a pretty good job on AD. So if we win against the Raptors, it's going to be because of Braun. I actually think AD has a, has the highest chance of getting MVP for us right now. Probably. You're right. I think it depends. I think I have a slightly different take. I think it's, like, if the Bucks make it to the finals, then I see Braun getting it because looking at the Bucks roster – they don't have the the defense to hold LeBron like that. I don't think DiVincenzo and Chris Milton can hold LeBron. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, AD, I mean, the Bucks front court, they have Brooke Lopez, Giannis. They have big guys in the front court. So, but then if you look at the Raptors, low-key, I mean, it's an old-ass Mark Gasol. I mean, maybe Ibaka is probably your best defender on, on AD because he's quicker. I mean, bro, this is the same stuff they were saying last year, too. Hmm. Marcus all is old as hell, and he was coming off That's an injury. True. No. true, you're right. But I mean, you catch you, if AD catches the ball in the perimeter, it's Marcus all out there by himself. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mikey's thing froze. Um. Oh, here we go. Here he is. There we go. One more, one more hot take for y'all. I don't know if I said this the last episode, but um. Paul George is not a superstar. Bro, he went there. He went there. Whoa. Is a, is an all-star. Paul, George, Paul George is an all-star at best, not a superstar. Everything that he's left has either become better or stayed about the same. The Thunder, bro, the Thunder were projected to have a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs. And during the playoffs, not even this eighth or seventh seed. What are they, the, the sixth seed or something? Sixth seed. Uh, no. Yeah, Fifth, 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 fifth. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he – I mean, I, I looked at his stats the other day, like, bad stats. If you if you look at most of his shots that he scores, a lot of them are spot-up threes. He's yeah. not creating shots for himself. The, his best seasons were this season and last season with the Thunder, and those seasons were the seasons that he was just spotting up for threes. Bro, so, at best, he's just – Shooter and defender, a really good shooter and a really good defender, which in my eyes is just a. Oh damn! What the hell? We got, we got two Mikey videos right now. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay, Jake. All right. That's a business. <laughs> but yeah, so at his best, bro, he's a really good three-point shooter and a really good defender that doesn't have any other weaknesses in his game, like crazy weaknesses that keep him out of the game. So in my eyes, he's just a slightly better Clay Thompson. <laughs> oh shit! And I'd even argue that if you put Paul George on the Warriors instead of Klay Thompson, they'd get worse. And if you put Klay Thompson on this Clippers team, they'd get better. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, holy shit! Let me see. I was looking at the. I don't know if you guys can pay this, but. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the Clippers Mavericks series, bro, but I was looking at Paul George, man. Game two, 
he wasn't he wasn't cutting it. I don't know what it was. He just because I'm in the I'm in the belief that the Mavericks should be up two nothing. Because mm-hmm. both games, they offensively, I don't know how the clip, I don't know what it is about the clip. They just haven't had an answer for them offensively. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at Paul George. You know, I'm, I'm expecting Paul George to heat up in the third and fourth quarter. Like, all right, Paul, this is your time. Kawhi sitting down and he's shooting up air balls. And I was like, oh my God. And then they looked. And then Reggie Jackson had the uh, audacity to shoot threes. And I was like, damn, now this, this offense is terrible. <laughs> That ain't no it. And it, it gave me a positive reaffirmation because, like, I was looking at their closing lineup, dude, and their rim protection's ass. So I'm like, AD, this is your – if we face him in the conference finals, this is your time to, like, drop 40. Like, because yeah. they, they ran, what, Lou, Pete uh, – I think Pat Bev was in game one. So Lou, uh, Pat Bev, Kawhi, Paul George, and Trez. That's – shot blocking-wise, rim protection-wise, bro, that's – AD's going to eat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, I agree with that. I could buy into that take for sure, Ren, because like yeah. <laughs> see what happened when when he left when he left the Pacers, they plugged in all the depot. It seemed like the ship was still selling. Uh he left OKC and they lost Russ too, and they still like they still making him move. And I just think that like he, he's a definitely regular season all-star. Like I'm not gonna take away from this game and say he's a scrub, because like that's that's some straight disrespect, but Every time playoffs come around, it's a uh, shoulder pain and just waves of just being average. I think I think after what Dame did to him last season, I, <laughs> I think it's kind of tough to just bounce back from that and be that dude, like for sure. Once again, no clutch. Once again, no clutch. What you need during the playoffs, because everyone's playing on ten. Even if they're missing shots, they're still they're still playing on ten. You can handle that. So yeah. let's go, bro. I was. Do you see the uh, post game interview with uh, uh, with Paul George? And he had um, he had the shoulder, the shoulder braces. Yeah. They're already playing up that narrative already for excuses, bro. Because <laughs> he just came up with two surgeries on both shoulders, so it should be fine. But then I see a whole brace on it. I you're icing the whole thing, bro. I don't know if like if Patrick Beverly was holding your team together, you got a problem, bro. <laughs> Kawhi, Kawhi's lead is falling apart. Paul George's shoulder is falling apart. Like, y'all are, I don't know, because it's playoff time and y'all have had enough time to rest. Everybody's, every, like, because usually everybody's banged up for the playoffs, but everybody has had their time to rest. And now, if you can't get it done now, you probably, you're probably not built for it, honestly. Like, yeah. Um, Another thing about playoff basketball is, you know, you tend to take away like at least one of a team's options. Like that's what playoff basketball is all about. You take away one of the options. Like saw the Raptors do get lucky and be able to do it with Giannis against the Bucks. And I'm not expecting us to take away Kawhi, but if we could take away at least PG or Lou Will, Mm. and we know that they're not taking away LeBron or AD. Like you can't, like those are players that you can't take away their game. Yeah. What if they take away Kuzma? We're not giving a fuck. Like, that's still, still a dub. <laughs> yeah, I think out of all the teams, though, that the Clippers are going to play, we're probably – like, the Lakers are probably the team that they're best built to match up with because, mm-hmm. like, like just looking at Luka, bro, like, that man has been a, ma- a magician out there on the floor just making shit happen for his team. I don't know. Like you said, Jude, like, if they didn't take away um, KP for that first game – Mavericks are up 2-0, and mm. it's just like, man, if y'all can't stop baby Luca and <laughs> this 
KP, y'all, y'all ain't got a shot, bro. Yeah, y'all just hang it up, hang it up, and wait till next year. Bro, Luca's the same guy that said like it's easy to score in the NBA. Like when I first heard it, I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, bro? You're like 20 years old talking this big shit." Like I liked it, but I'm like, "Damn, nigga, you on this like, oh, like you're." <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. Like, and he shut me up. Like, I mean, he shut me up in the regular season, but in the playoffs, like. Yeah, and this dude, he's breaking Wilt Chamberlain's like playoff records, like rookie, like, like young player playoff records, like versus the Clippers, who are supposed to be the best defensive team. In the NBA, quote unquote, even the Lakers on paper are like this. Yeah. <laughs> Lakers are the best defensive team in the NBA, but like you're gonna let this this dude really come for Will Chamberlain? Like, damn, forty two in game that's one, disrespectful. bro. Disrespectful. <laughs> got forty two in game one. Yeah. I I saw this tweet and I want to see if y'all agree with it. So, um, if the Mavs win this series, then okay. there's things to be made. About Doncic being better than Kawhi, bro. I seen. Oh! That. I was like, let me tell you. This, let me tell you this though. I was. I kept this to myself, but I'm gonna say it here. I was like, when LeBron retires, I'm definitely standing like Luca. Like that's gonna be my guy. <laughs> like I'll be a Laker fan still, but as a player, like oh, I'm standing Luca after LeBron retires. Like that's Luka's gonna be my good, guy. Bro. You can't so, take yeah. away from him, man. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to say that yet, Ren. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that's a pill I'm ready to swallow because that that shit sounds crazy. Let him win a chip first. But look, yeah. Let him win a chip first. I, I'm willing. I'm willing to go where Ren is, though. I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to go there. Look, I think is I'm not ready to say it either. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel honestly embarrassed to say this, but like if you if you really think about it, bro, the Clippers do have the better team. And the Clippers don't. The Clippers have more stars than the Mavs. And if the Mavs can win off one guy just fucking carrying them against the Clippers, then I mean, logically, their best player is better than the next team's best player. And that could just be for this series type thing. I'm not saying that he's better than Kawhi, like mm-hmm. overall, but he's definitely playing like he's the best player in the world right now. I'm. I'll go. I'll. I'll say Luca over. Over Kawhi, if they win the series, and Luca's efficient, if he's shooting like fifty percent, bro, and he's averaging twenty nine, thirty points, thirty, he's averaging thirty, uh, eight rebounds maybe, and thirteen assists, bro. I'm giving, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I gotta go Luca over Kawhi. <laughs> I think I, I got, I got my goggles on because Kawhi, he's from the IE too. He right here mm. from the side, so it's, <laughs> it's tough for me to just take the crown off. Somebody who my neighbor who was my neighbor to this I see dude who's straight coming from Europe, but he balling though. Like I can't even take away from that. This dude is looking like he's the truth. And like another player I wanted to talk about was, as a Laker fan, it hurts me to say, but this dude Jason Tatum, more and more I'm starting to buy in to this dude being being a problem, bro. Like Jason Tatum <laughs> is looking like a problem, honestly. Oh, he Tatum's up. Tatum's up for sure. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, you know, Ingram's my guy, so I, I got to stick with my guy Ingram on this one. But I definitely see what you're saying, though. Tatum's definitely a, a problem. They're blowing, they're blowing out the 76ers, and Tatum is hella efficient during it. I remember that stat sheet from last night's game, or, like, he was looking insane, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro, I don't know if you guys want to keep talking about the playoffs, but the Jazz beat the uh, the Nuggets. 
I had the Nuggets winning, but no surprise. I don't know. I ha- I think it's time to bring back the uh, Jamal's a fraud uh, agenda. <laughs> like he he had me for one game. He had me for one game. Game one, Jamal was like superb. Like he was in clutch shots. I said, oh Jamal, maybe I was wrong about Jamal. And yeah. Then two and three, I'm just like, God damn, Jamal, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little too quick. <laughs> Cool, that, I, I didn't watch that game. Nah, like, I, mean, I, watched I, game two. I watched game one, but I didn't see today's game. Yeah, Nuggets, I mean, the Nuggets got blown out. 87 points to, what, 124? That's bad. Ooh, damn, they got smoked. Damn. And Utah has no Bogdanovich, so. Let me see this statue right here. Oh, yeah. Damn. It's not looking too good for Jamal. I don't, I don't know. Wait, wait, I got something to say real quick <laughs> about uh, Doncic. I saw this funny ass tweet. I think it was Biz that retweeted it. And it was like, uh, we're letting Luka Doncic play like he's the best player on the planet with Black Lives Matter written on the floor. Bro. <laughs> you, hate, you hate to see that one. <laughs> I was crying, and it gets an LA team too, bro. Bro, you hate to see these Europeans beating two niggas from SoCal, just, <laughs> just like ah. Oh, They're all skin, bro. <laughs> they are. <Yeah. laughs> it's oh, a deep man. NBA state. That deep NBA. <laughs> I <don't know> <laughs> it. Like yeah, get them, get them a couple games. We gotta show them. <laughs> bro. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the Clippers are still gonna clutch it out. I, I yeah. don't see these vets yeah. really fold into a young, young Luca. When the refs, they got the refs on their team already. It's looking like so. <laughs> I I don't think it's gonna happen this year. Like I, I I'm gonna support Luca just like y'all, but like this ain't the year. This ain't the year. <laughs> Facts. All right, I see it. Yeah. Honestly, they're they're one piece away from being like a serious title title contender though. The way that they've been playing. They got deep pockets too, you know, like that. They got an owner with deep pockets. They got young stars. It looks like the pieces are in place right now for them to be special. Yeah, team uh, players love coming to to like Texas because they don't got that income tax. Mm-hmm. So you know, get that super max in uh, in Dallas, then you're set. So if anybody wants that money, you get a you, you get a chance at a title with Luka Doncic, and you get tax free money. Yep. But you, you, a big surprise of uh, the playoffs for me has been this dude Mike Conley. Like he, he started playing. He started playing today, and he, he was looking like what I thought. I been thought since he was trapped in uh, where was he at before? Memphis. Yeah, he was trapped in Memphis, and like you see, Gasol he got him out of Memphis and got his ring. And it looks like Mike yeah. Conley got out of Memphis too, and he, he's looking like he's revived. He just had a, he just had a kid. And I don't know if you saw that picture of him holding his baby, and it was oh, like man. it looks like Mike Conley was the one that gave gave birth, and that, that that was pretty funny. But he looks like he's playing happy. He looks like he's yeah. he's ready for ready to be back in the game. So that was a, a happy surprise. Twenty-seven points and four assists with zero turnovers, Ooh. and eighty percent too. Ooh. I was just blown away. I was like, damn. Mike, everything. If there's one, if there's one thing about Mike Conley, he's not gonna turn the ball over, bro. Yeah. No doubt. He's not gonna turn it over. Yeah, I, I had him on my mods team last year because I got like a player's moments card, and this dude is—he's a player, bro. That man is a piece if you know how to use him right. 
Yeah. That's just me overconfident 2K talking, but what's <laughs> 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 Oh, man. So, anything else before we close this off or what? Do we have any more topics? Nah, that was it. That was it. That was it. Bird of the week. Bird of the week then. All right, bird of the week. We had we got a lot of, we got a lot of candidates. Yeah. The last 14 days. All right, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Uh so it was actually one of my old friends from high school. Me and dude used to be like close and shit, but you know, he's always giving me some weird vibes like like he lacks empathy. He's mm. he's the Indian dude, not Punjabi, thank God. Um, <laughs> so not, not even worse representation for us, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to claim him. Um, but on his Snapchat story, he shows a snap of, like, Kamala Harris at the DNC. And he's like, Ma, or some shit like that. And I'm like, bro, she isn't something, she isn't, I replied to him, I was like, she isn't someone to be proud of. And um, he's like, why? And I go off about, about her, like, record and shit about the truancy and shit and like I, I've learned that she didn't actually put anybody in jail I'm not sure how true that is but still like regardless at the at the basis of it for the truancy thing it's like you're scaring these fucking parents like you shouldn't have to fear yeah. mom parents into thinking that they're gonna go to jail and traumatize them like for a lot of them they already have such a terrible relationship with the prison system you're just gonna put fear into them that they will go to prison and a lot of the time that their kids aren't going to school is because they're working and they they can't be at home so a lot of the time, these people have to like quit their jobs or take less hours and shit just so that their kids can go to school. Like, why don't you provide the families with resources to make sure that their kids do get to school? Nice. But yeah, he was like trying to justify that saying that sometimes you have to make people be scared of things so that they'll listen. It's like, come on, bro. Like that's a, and then, and then I, I talked about like the weed thing. He was like, some people have different uh, views on substances. And I was like, so it's okay to fucking imprison people that haven't hurt anybody by Having exactly. that was, you know, that was just the kind of the last. Some people are just too hard headed, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't get it, man. Some people are just hard headed. Identity politics, right there, bro. That's like an Indian person being happy of, you know, just having an Indian vice president and not looking at the record or even justifying the record just because they're Indian. Like, come on, like, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, my bird of the week. You know, I didn't want to do this to the old boy, but I, I couldn't, man. I, I, I got to call him out. No <laughs> one's a fuck critique here. I got to make my bird of the week LeBron James. I just have to, bro. It's just, there's, you know, at first I had a bird of the week, but I forgot who it was. But I was like, okay, but LeBron did this. Or are we going game two? So let me tell you, let me tell you what I got for the bird of the week. First of all, game one. The whole team is wearing these MAGA spinoff hats. Now, I learned that actually it wasn't Bron's idea. It was, I think it was either J.R. Smith. No, JaVale McGee's idea. So I'm like, all right, bro. Okay, so all right. All y'all bro of the week for that one. But really, I'm giving it to LeBron, though, because he came back before game two. And we see him pictures of him reading that Malcolm X book, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Page one. Page one. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, I was like, dude. And then I was like, all right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he, he's learned some things. And then shout out to Taylor Rooks from Bleach Report, took him to task, asked him, hey, so what are your takeaways from this book that you read? And, you know, and LeBron has the book at the fucking, inter at the post-game interview. 
or not post game, uh, practice after practice. He has it out with him at the. So he's already he's already being extra with it, and then he goes, "Well, <laughs> never, he didn't do the reading, so he's just there like, well, I think what he, you know, he's a hero." And I was like, "That's it, he's a hero." He also said he's saying the things that are re- relevant today, and I was like, "This is such." Come on, bro. You didn't do I've the been there before. I've been there before in class. Hey. Damn, bro. We all been there. We're on stage. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. You, like, you can tell he's just thinking of the words to say. And I was just like, dude, you just didn't do the reading, bro. Bro, and he's been on the same page for four days now. Because <laughs> he was, like, about on the first page with the, when he that picture. Mm-hmm. That interview that he had the same day, um, he said that he had started the book a couple of days ago, right? So that's yeah. two days there. And then today, which is two days later, he's on the same book, on the same page in his story with a bookmark. Like, bro, why are you taking this everywhere you go and you're still on the same page? You <laughs> read <laughs> like 10 pages. Like, come on now. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to double down on that Braun thing. He's also a bird for game one. Uh, while he did set a record, or like he he set a record for himself in terms of playoffs and, and, a, and a, or I think it was a system playoffs game for himself. Um, that was one of the highest that he's had. But um, I've, I I kind of put part of the blame of game one on him. He should have been more assertive. Fair, that's fair. Like, at a certain point, you can't distribute the ball when everybody's missing shots. You just got to take over, and he didn't. So that's fair. All right. Um... My bird of the week isn't like a person, but it's a it's a company. It's a AMC, and I heard that they were opening movie theaters again, but for fifteen cents. So they said you can still get COVID nineteen, but you can come watch movies for fifteen cents. Like, I I feel like it's I thought it was a joke at first, but it was, a, it was an actual article about it. Like you get like beer seating shit, but I'm not gonna risk fifteen cents to get the virus, bro. Like. And I don't think anybody else is either. So I just thought that was like fighting me and they deserve that bird for shit. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off you. And uh, I'm going to just say my bird of the week is more a group of people. And it's uh, those Telfar uh, resellers. Because it looks like. Oh, that's that, a good one, bro. That, that unlimited uh, pre-order, like, it's crazy. Because I already, like, I'm not a fan of reselling, like, J's and stuff like that. But it makes it makes a lot of sense. But these purses, like, they, they took an approach of, like, this is for everybody. And, like, mm-hmm. they didn't want resellers. So, it seems like they, they figured it out by, like, doing that unlimited pre-order shit. So, I'm just laughing, watching, like, picturing, like, a nigga, like, up in his room with hella purses just, like, going outside. And that's – you got to hold – you're going to have to hold that out for a minute. Because <laughs> you did that, that one to yourself, Chief. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that is kind of bird-like because, you know, the whole, the whole thing, like, even on the website, they're like, we want to make things exclusive, but in a very different way, you know, like, they don't hike up the prices, like, they're affordable, they're very affordable. The only thing is that they have, like, limited releases, and then you see people here jacking up the prices, like, five times the original price and shit. Come on, now. <laughs> Man. Yeah, but I appreciate y'all for having me on this week. Uh, this is the it's cool having the first podcast experience with the homies, and I know y'all some real niggas. And like, 
I'm gonna keep rocking with this podcast, and I I know it's only gonna elevate from here. And I, I appreciate okay. y'all for having me on, man. Very much nice. love. Much love. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thank, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been episode 26 of podcast. Ooh. Everybody, subscribe. By the time this episode's out, we're probably gonna hit 2K plays. Yes, oh, sir. Oh, 2,000 plays on here. Yo. Already okay. Hey, shout out to y'all, man. Keep listening. Keep watching the YouTube video. We're probably well beyond 2K if you include uh, YouTube, but you know. Yeah. Shout out to y'all, man. It's really been an amazing journey. Um, that's it for the episode, though. Yeah. All right, then, y'all. Peace. Peace. Love.